I'm going to start off the show a little different today. Ready? I want you... I want you to count to 60. (laughs) 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 And go. Really? Yeah, count it. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. 18. Okay, how, how long 20. was that? How long that was, was only that? 20. I was gone in 20 seconds, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's slow. He could he could cut that exit time in at least a third here. At least a third. Two thirds. <laughs> <laughs> See the danger? Just get on out of there. Maybe Just a little get quicker. Out of there. <laughs> Just get out of there. Uh, this is No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, obviously. Uh, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. For the past couple weeks, just because we finished cycle 20 of watching the Fast and Furious over and over again uh, with F9, with the release of F9. If you haven't listened to that review episode, go ahead and listen to it. Um... We're taking off two weeks to do a couple other movies, and we'll be back in for Cycle 21. Uh, and this week is our second in-betweener. Daryl and I both watched the classic 2004... Original? Two, 2000, 2000. It's a remake. Yeah, it's a remake. It is so a it's remake. not even the original. Um... Gone in 60 Seconds, starring mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage. Have you seen this movie before? I have. You have? I I remember it being a lot better than it was. And <laughs> I thought that, I think it was, yeah, only right before watching this movie did I orient myself around the fact that this was made in 2000 and... Fast and Furious original came after. Yeah. I was like, oh, after this that's movie. Interesting. Yeah. And I I've seen this movie less than five times, but definitely okay. more than once. And yep. I remember it being much better than it was. And maybe there's something about watching all the Fast and the Furious movies so often that has mm-hmm. potentially tainted mm-hmm. the current enjoyment of this movie. Okay, so not an amazing watch through for Daryl Wong. Did you watch it with uh, Jess? Yes, we watched yeah. it yesterday. Evening. And, and Jess's thoughts? Um, I think she tuned out about halfway through, and that says yeah. a lot because she'll watch she'll watch a Fast and the Furious movie right. all the way through if I'm if I'm doing it. So, all right, I I had seen this movie before. More than five times. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to have a difficulty on this recording, just sort of separating. I think, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think I'm going to have difficulty separating the nostalgia factor for me away from this movie because 
like until the Fast and the Furious came out the year after, like this was the movie for me. It was like there's a direct lineage between like the Matrix, this movie, and the Fast and the Furious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, so I I loved this movie when I was a kid. I did too. Yeah, and there were moments. I mean, I see exactly what you're saying. This this movie is weirdly paced. It's got strangely not that many car chasing scenes, right? Like mm-hmm. for a movie about boosting cars, there's like two driving scenes in this movie, um, and the rest is basically like Nick Cage like standing around talking to people. <laughs> Which is bizarre, or them on like surveillance missions. It's like bizarrely low, like low quantity of car stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely had moments where I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> hell, like where it just like came, my youth came sort of flooding back, and I was like, hell yeah, let's do mm-hmm. this. So, um, yeah, even, yeah. yeah, the nostalgia piece of it, I think, like, we relive the the original Fast and Furious 20 times over and over, but mm-hmm. there's youth in that movie. I think one of yeah. the things that's that was tricky with this watch-through is that there are a bunch of, like, retired farts, for the most part. The likable people are retired farts. Like, he, like in, Nick Cage. In Gone in 60 Seconds or Fast 9 you're talking about? <laughs> uh, in Yeah, in yeah. Gone in 60 Seconds, right? Okay. yeah. Randall slash Memphis Reigns is mm-hmm. an old geezer. And yeah, I he's think gold. that, like, yeah. I think when I watched it when I was younger, I was like, Nick Cage, super cool. Yeah, but hot and cool. Much, <laughs> hot, <laughs> cool, <laughs> sexy, stylish. 10? Exactly. 11? Yeah. And the rewatch <laughs> is just like, well, I mean, <laughs> well, he was old when he made this movie, which mm-hmm. is right for the character. But I think the sexiness of the. Fast and the Furious also is tied to its youthfulness. Where this right. one, it's it's a different it's a different relationship. Right. Yeah. No, I I understand. And like my perception of Nick Cage watching today was definitely different. I still think he's got a vibe and like a wildness to him that works for the character. But there are things about it that like he is not the epitome of cool. Uh-huh. He is not. Um, you know, he's not, like, hot. Like, Angelina Jolie in 2000 is, like, top of the pops. Mm-hmm. Like, biggest movie star. <laughs> like, on all the magazine covers, like, this is the mo- most, people's most beautiful woman, whatever. award. Like, she's, like, uh, whatever you got, it's hers. Mm-hmm. And then, throughout this whole movie, her being like, I want to fuck Nick Cage. <laughs> it's a little like, what? You yeah. do? <laughs> you, you sure? <laughs> you sure about that? Uh-huh. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess we should go through the plot a little bit, or at least the setup. Uh, Memphis Reigns is a retired car thief who mm-hmm. runs a youth go-kart program in California yes. somewhere. <laughs> His, like, fuck-up little brother, Kip Reigns, played by Mm -hmm. Giovanni Rabisi, (laughs) my favorite actor 
Ah, I don't know. That's hard. Um, but one of my favorite dudes ever mm-hmm. <laughs> is uh, gets himself into trouble with a really bad guy played by Christopher Eccleston named Raymond Calitri. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order to get his brother out of trouble, Memphis Reigns has to steal 50 cars in three days and deliver them to a shipping yard. Uh, and they are specific cars, and so they have to... he got to put a team together, mm-hmm. including Speci- Robert Duvall for some reason. Yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. Sorry. Yeah, specifically, he's not stealing it, but he's settling Kip's debt. Yeah. And uh, originally, like, he has four days to do it, but really he spends three days scouting and mm-hmm. one night boosting cars. Exactly. So total four days... After exactly. given the task. Their plan as and they talk about I mean they I kinda think the script is weirdly good. Um because it like just takes you from place to place, you know what I mean? And you sort of get everything that's going on in the mm-hmm. world. Um and who I'm never confused about who anybody is or what they're doing or what they want. Which mm-hmm. I think it's like a hard that's a big task. You yeah, know? I mean, you mentioned the pacing of the movie as somewhat of a negative. I kind of mm-hmm. liked it. I liked that they got mm. to car stealing quick. And yeah. at some point, I did pause the movie, and I was like, halfway through, I was like, oh yeah, like they're already they already stole half the cars. So right. I'm right. glad they started stealing quick. Yeah, they get to it. I yeah, I I get that what you're saying. I guess I meant in terms of my pacing thing of like just like there was less car actual car chasing scenes in the movie than I sort of thought there were. You know, it's sort of like there's one little tiny one where they bust out of the dealership in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then there's like one big one at the end. And that's that's it, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, I sort of thought there'd be a little bit more of like driving skill things that we see in some later car features. But no. Um, but that being said, like... I didn't mind, you know, again, like, I think you know where, who everybody is and what they want at all times during this movie. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's praise, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, again, like what you said, they dispense with this, like, Kip has the idea of, like, let's play shadow games and let's sort of steal this car here and that car there over four days and use the time. And they very quickly throw that out the window. It's like, no, surprise attack. We're going to steal all 50 one night. Before they know the first one's boosted, they'll be like, the ship will have set sail, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan. Yeah. And there's a team dynamic there, which, right, they start off as contenders, right? They're under-resourced for the amount of cars they need to sell. Yeah. Uh, Kip and Memphis have to kind of negotiate and, and merge their two crews together. But I think there, I think there's, like, healthy tension in there that yeah. um, helps fuel. It, yeah. It's, it's not super fun. And this is maybe a criticism of the Fast and the Furious movies is that it's kind of not fun when everybody is on the same page. Uh, having a little bit more mm-hmm. team tension mm-hmm. and get yeah. having that as part of overcoming toward the main goal is actually very entertaining. Yes, I completely agree. And I, I, you, you bring me to like a crit. You know, you brought up a criticism of the later Fast and Furious movies that I think is very valid, which is just like everybody's on board with Team Dom, and Team Dom's gonna Team Dom. 
or you know whoever whoever it is like it's just so much less interesting when it's like we all got a plan and we're just gonna do it Mm -hmm. rather than like this movie which is split the good guys are sort of split into two factions the older statesmen and the sort of the young guys led by kip and the older people are like nick cage sway played by angelina jolie robert duvall who plays otto Mm -hmm. uh Chai McBride, who plays Donnie, and um, sort of Will Patton, who's like a go-between between between them and the bad guy. He sort of works for the bad guy. Uh, This is uh, Atlee, Atlee Jackson. Um, They've also got the the Enforcer. Uh, mm, What's his name Oh, yes. yes. Sphinx. Vinny Jones. Sphinx, the Sphinx. Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones, uh, who plays the Sphinx. Weird that this movie didn't launch Vinny Jones into becoming part of the Fast and Furious franchise. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. it seems like it was, like, an obvious choice. Uh, yeah. I mean, he would be kind of good, especially if he played the exact same character, which is, like, a mute, huge brawler. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't say a word until right at the very end of this movie. Right. Yeah. I love Vinnie Jones. Um, so what were your, like, main, I guess, what were your, like, issues with this movie? If you sort of struggled through this wash through a little bit, what do you feel like were your issues with it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think Nick Cage was was the source of many of my issues. Mm, I think okay. I think this, yeah, the just miscast I, for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is Man, funny. Which is yeah, he was like great originally with my mm-hmm. yeah my existing up until now memory of the movie, but mm-hmm. I think he was very uncool watching it the second time. Yeah. And I think about um, even just his delivery of some of the key. The key lines, right? He goes, oh, yeah, it's, it's not for the money. Like, I did it for the cars. It's not for right? the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I got to sort of split away from you there. Because uh-huh. there is something about, like, Nick Cage, when he was like, hold on a sec. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, let's ride. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm oh. all... In on that, I'm all in on that. Fair, <laughs> I love that shit. I queued up that song uh, from War, mm. Lowrider. I queued it up just yeah. before uh, talking to you. I was like, I got to get myself in the mood for the movie. Yeah. I set yeah. it up, and like it was an it was an interesting scene, but it like I don't know, it almost didn't make sense when I was watching it at the time because I didn't remember right. it. So like. That song like wasn't part of the original movies, so that's something that they chose to do. It's like, all right, let's choose a song, let's pause, yeah, let's have everybody like get into it, Take but also moment. show that they're kind of skeptical, yeah. and then the sync up and comes out of nowhere, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it comes out of nowhere, and yeah. I'm, I mean, I was surprised. It's memorable, but also uncomfortable at the same time. Right. 
I I mean, uh, yeah, I guess, again, like, I have a hard time separating my nostalgia factor from this movie because I'm nostalgic about it. Right. And I mean, and yeah, back to the relationship with, um, with, what's her name? Not, uh, Sway? With Sway. With Sway. Like, uh, yeah, we describe her as part of the old crew, but when she actually joins up, like, because it's, um... I guess implied or stated explicitly that she and Memphis had a relationship before, but she says when she's coming back, she says she's coming back for Kip, which is, is that a family thing or is, I don't know. But I felt like a family thing to me. And I think there is, there's definitely a thing of like, she and Memphis used to roll together and steal Mm -hmm. cars because when, She's like working at a bar, and he's like, "I never pictured you working here, working at a place like this." And then, then Sway is like, "It just wasn't the same without you." Basically, mm-hmm. she says something along the lines of like, "Boosting cars wasn't the same without you." So right. she definitely is sort of part of that older thing, but of course, like new Kip as a young boy, probably, mm-hmm. and um, thus has sort of familial feelings for him. Mm-hmm. Kip. Played by, I want to get into Giovanni Ravisi. Mm-hmm. Because I have a report from a colleague in the industry who worked heavily with Giovanni Ravisi on a certain project, which I will not name, and I will not name my source. That Giovanni Ravisi is bug nuts, cuckoo, bananas of birth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. uh-huh. I do believe he's a Scientologist. Wow. So that's part of it, I think, most likely. Um, has been in a few things, and a few things we've watched, I think. He is in Boiler Room, which is a movie we've watched. Yes? I've watched it. I don't think we've watched it together. Mm, I have seen it also. I feel like we did it as an in-betweener, because Vin is so much in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could be wrong. Um, he's, I mean, he's in like 10 million things throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a great actor. I think this is like a great performance, kind of. And um, maybe only second to Avatar. <laughs> James Cameron's Avatar. Mm-hmm. Which he is. He is amazing in that movie. Okay, basically. so I was looking at his IMDb page. What character does he play in that movie? He is like the tech billionaire guy who's like, I want the fucking unobtainium <laughs> fucking right fucking now. <laughs> and you're going to go get it for me. Or I'm uh-huh. going to send these military guys to go fucking get it for me, and, you know, without you. He is so crazy in that movie and so good and making so many choices and has such a tall task of literally saying like unobtainium and all this like techno shit and like doing so much chunky exposition in Avatar and he flies through it like on the wings of a dove. He is so good in Avatar. It blows my mind. Uh It blows Uh my mind. He's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I assume you do not have as strong feelings about Giovanni Ribisi as I have. 
I certainly do not. Yeah. Okay. Figured. Do like I like I think there were I was trying to identify um like parallels to between this movie and the original Fast and Furious, right? Mm-hmm. We've got we got cars, we got LA, we've got the wrecking we've got the wrecking ball. I saw a lot of similarities in like yeah, Kip and Jesse. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. I yeah, going into this, I didn't think that they were that closely related. But after watching that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like the this moment, the Jesse section of the Fast and the Furious sort of feels like this movie that, you know, expanded out or, or contracted down rather. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely saw those similarities. I definitely saw some other similarities in terms of like, just prototypical character stuff, Memphis mm-hmm. Reigns. Um, the one thing... Okay, so there's a couple more people I want to talk... If you've got anybody you want to call out or talk about, like, let's do it. But I got a couple other people I need to talk about. Sure, who's next? Will Patton, who plays uh, Atlee Jackson. Uh mm-hmm. At this time, is on one of the most like legendary runs of a character actor I think I've ever. Like this is the end of it for him. I mean, he. I mean, he's been a working actor since this movie. But I just want to go through a couple of his movies before this. So, 1997, The Postman. He plays the villain in this a giant Kevin Costner. Uh, like post apocalypse epic. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen The Postman, definitely go see it. Mm-hmm. 1998, Armageddon. Wow. 1999, Entrapment with Catherine Zeta Jones and, <laughs> and Sean Connery. An incredible movie. 2000, Gone in 60 Seconds. Also 2000s, Remember the Titans. He plays wow. Denzel Washington's assistant coach in Remember the Titans. 2002, The Mothman Prophecies, which is not a very good movie. 2004, which is really the end of his run. He plays... He's in The Punisher, like the movie The, Pun- the Punisher, which is another one of my classics from when I was a kid. <laughs> Um, with Tom Jane, and he plays, like, again, the bad guy's sort of lead henchman, which was a slot he was very good at doing, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I just want to shout out Will Patton. I've been a Will Patton fan for a long time, and I think he's really great. And, yeah, that's basically uh-huh. it. I think he's got a weird, sinister, but also, he's got this weird mix of, like, sinister, but comforting, spring, like, southern you know, screen presence that I think, yeah, works mm-hmm. really well in a lot of cases. Um, what did you think of Delroy Lindo's performance yes. as detective? Delroy <laughs> Lindo, baby! He was the other person I was going to shout out. Good, good. Uh, have you seen Delroy Lindo in anything? So I familiar? Rec- yeah, so I recognized him, but I was trying to figure out what I remember him from the most. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, my guess, if terms of recent, recent-ish things, is mm-hmm. um, The Five Bloods, the Spike Lee mm-hmm. movie. Did you see that? I don't even think I saw that. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's fucking great in it and should have got an Oscar nomination for it, but didn't, But which is kind of bullshit. Uh, he's in Malcolm X, another Spike Lee joint. The core. He's in Get Shorty. I mean, there's got to be something. You recognize him. I definitely recognized him. I don't remember from what. It may be this I've... fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Might, you yeah, know? it might be this movie. It might, might be have just, seen... just from seeing this movie when he was when you were little. The only other thing I see on this IMDb that I remember that I watched is Sahara. Yeah, which is a kind of a good movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Both Sahara and Flight of the Phoenix, which I remember coming out sort of in tandem. Mm-hmm. When we're both like sort of like stranded desert themed movies. Yeah. I have I mean, I think Flight of the Phoenix is legitimately good and also stars Giovanni Ribisi. But <laughs> <laughs> um I like both of those movies, basically. Yeah. Uh yeah, Delroy Lindo is great and he's a working character again, like this movie is sort of stacked with working character actors who have like never I mean, who who popped at certain points in the career and had sort of a little bit of more of a lull, but have basically worked straight through the '80s, straight through the '90s, straight through the 2010s, you know, 2000s and 2020s. I mean, they've just been like working for 40 years straight, and this mm-hmm. movie sort of falls smack in the middle of their careers. A lot of them, and um, they're all fucking good, <laughs> you know. Everybody in this movie kind of is good, basically. Yeah. Robert Duvall. Uh, Tim Oliphant, uh, who plays Delroy Lindo's sort of second-in-command uh, guy. I mean, that guy's been working for a million years. Fucking Deadwood, Justified, you know, uh, Dead Like Me or whatever the fucking Netflix show he did. It was, I think it was the Cannibal one with Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Guys, I mean... This movie's good. You should see it. <laughs> Daryl well, doesn't quite agree. I mean, I agree. You should watch this movie. It's yeah. still a good movie. I, for some reason, enjoyed it less now today than I remember. Sure. But um, we need to mention one more major cameo appearance. Yeah. It's of the performance-enhancing drug itself. Nitrous oxide. Yes. AKA the Go Baby Go button, which yes. was so sweet and I totally forgot about. Yes. I also sort of forgot about that as well. And this is a pre, I mean, it's not branded nitrous oxide, right? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. But this is pre Fast and Furious. This is a pre yeah. Fast and Furious nitrous oxide use. And the Go Baby Go little, like, writing on the nitrous oxide thing is so cool, Daryl. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spill some beans. Uh-huh. Go Baby Go was legitimately my password for almost everything <laughs> from 2000 <laughs> until, like, maybe 2015 or 16, okay? So or, like, cool. variation. Go Baby Go one exclamation point with a yeah. capital G at the beginning. <laughs> Okay, I have since changed my passwords, uh-huh. <laughs> so you can't steal my identity. 
but yeah, I was just like, what is, I was, I think I signed up for AOL Instant Messenger like two months after this movie came out. Yeah. And I was like, what's a cool password? <laughs> Go, baby, go. And he used it. I mean, yeah, we might say that. I mean, yeah, we might say that. We might say that it's an inappropriate use of nitrous oxide. I Mm -hmm. I think that, like the yeah, the classic, the classic car guys. I mean, not yeah. I thought not. uh, Vin or Dom invented the like. Let's put NOS inside of the. But it's a drag racing thing. That's fine. Uh But I like the use of it. Let's drive into the. um, What are those? The L.A. River, like, runoff, those mm-hmm. big banks, where are those Yeah, going? I don't, uh, the causeway, maybe? Mm-hmm. That I love called? that scene. Yeah. yeah. Just reservoir? like, let's take it, the reservoir, uh-huh. yeah, let's take it down there, let's evade yeah. the police, we got the helicopters going. I Hit legitimately the think the driving scene, the, the, the Eleanor driving scene, is kind of good. Like, mm-hmm. like, it's... It's not fantastical like a lot of Fast and Furious things, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not... There's one moment where it really breaks the laws of physics. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's... But other than that, it's like, you know, they're doing, like, fun, inventive stuff. The sort of spinning around and driving backwards. That was the first time I'd seen that. And he, mm. like, waves to the kid while he's doing yeah. it. I love that. I mean, I just think it's good. I think, again, nostalgia factor. And I think, again, like, this movie set off my love for Ford Mustangs, like, <laughs> like forever and ever and ever and ever. Especially the mm-hmm. Shelby variants, the 500 and 350 GT series. Like, I mean, that's a nowadays $1.5 million car. But... um I just loved it from the moment I saw it till now. I mean, I love mm-hmm. those Ford Mustangs are sort of what I would I would do anything to have one of those. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Yes. Uh, and I love to see it driving around. <laughs> just yeah, gets me going. Um, what else you got about this movie? What'd you think of the bad guy? Khaleesi, Not, a.k.a. The Carpenter. Yeah. I think that that, that was stupid. Yeah. Right? Just like, oh, scary carpenter guy. All right, let's make... Don't, 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 don't break the chair. Don't break, don't break, don't break the, the chair, chair, please. Uh, please, don't no. do this. <laughs> Put that down. Yeah. Um, so Christopher Eccleston, oh, I think he's a great actor. Uh, uh-huh. uh, at one, one time, played Doctor Who. Uh, he was in The Leftovers, which he is phenomenal in The Leftovers, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite series ever made. Um, uh, he, he has his penchant for wood rather than metal. He deals in cars, which are cold and metal, but really loves wood. So he makes like custom furniture out of wood. <laughs> And then the big device, like how Nick Cage like gets him at the end, is he fucking like starts bashing up his wood furniture, <laughs> and Christopher Eccles is like, no, no, no. don't do that. <laughs> and then eventually, what kicks him off the side of a rail inside mm-hmm. of a warehouse, and yeah. the coffin that the carpenter 
makes in the beginning for his brother Kip. Yeah. And he's going to kill and throw in that coffin. He yeah. then falls and then crushes that thing and dies. Yeah. Which. Poignant. Funny. Yeah. Poignant <laughs> and also <laughs> ridiculous. Do I love it? Yes. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I think it's sort of incredibly silly now. In a movie made for 14-year-old boys, when I was 10 or 11 and whatever watching this movie, I was like, of course this makes sense. <laughs> like, his justification for liking wood makes total sense. And Nick Cage is extremely clever to use his furniture <laughs> to like throw him off guard. You know? It's just like I bought into it and it worked fine when I was 11. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's like yep. you bought into it and you were 11. Nick Cage is a sex symbol. Of course, Angelina Jolie Sway just cannot get enough. Can't keep her hands of off of him. <laughs> manly, manly musk over here. Just, oh, man, that Nick Cage. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, Angelina is fine in this movie. I don't think she's like a standout performance in this movie. I agree. I I remember her being one of the main characters mm-hmm. in terms of screen time and actual like even plot She's driving. Not, though. Yeah. Not yeah. very much happening. She doesn't do a lot of driving. She doesn't do I mean there's like one scene between her and Nick Cage where they have sex. Uh which is weird. In a Lamborghini. In a Lamborghini, which must be uncomfortable. Um but other than that, she's like one scene at the bar with her in the beginning. She like stands around a bunch and sort of puts in a little thought here and there. But she doesn't have a ton to do in this movie. She's not like she doesn't clinch the you know victory in terms of getting all these cars delivered. She doesn't have mm-hmm. some sort of like the other big moment at the end heist is where they're trying to steal the Cadillac SUV. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the young guy gets shot. They get sort of tracked down by the Mm rent-a-cops. And the the young guy gets shot. That's it, you know? That's it. It's not really... There's no piece with her that's, like, crucial or really important. So Well, yeah, I guess, I mean, she is supposed to be the Ferrari expert. But that's, Mm -hmm. like, the quickest scene, right? They go into the... Yeah, he Yeah, Nick Cage goes and pretends to be a rich guy, asks a couple... Important questions to the dealership. Dealership's like, oh, we've got all kinds of rares in our warehouse. And he goes, very nice. A scene in which Nick Cage is great. (laughs) 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 Where he, like, plays the rich douchebag. (laughs) I have great taste. I'm very rich. But I always seem to be behind, you know, like, he's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't think she's a stellar performance. She has dreadlocks. Like blonde dreadlocks half, for for half, half the, time. the time. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally weird and confusing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you noticed that as well as I did because our friend Sandy Sue, I think at some point on this pod, or maybe during our hundredth episode when we were talking about this movie and the you know eighteen hours we were watching the Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. Um, mentioned the dreadlocks and was like, not cool. Cultural appropriation. 
that may be the case. I don't actually. Yeah, let's say yes. That's true. Whatever. So I like, but that just sort of put it in my mind to look out for it in this movie. Of like, mm-hmm. how bad is it? Is it really like, you know, whatever? Um, and she only has them have that just like triggered it in my mind to look out for it. And then I noticed because I was looking out for it, like it switches back and forth between dreadlocks yeah. and no dreadlocks, like a yeah. crazy amount. Half the time they're dreadlocks and half the time they're just like artfully twisted up. Yeah. Just kind of sort of braided or, you know, like weirdly caught. I mean, it's very smooth, very clearly, very smooth blonde hair at mm-hmm. certain points. And, it's bizarre, and I don't think dreadlocks are a thing. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a dreadlock expert, mm-hmm. but I also don't think they're a thing you can easily like undo. Undo. I think right. the undo factor on dreadlocks is undo your hair from your head. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, weird. Just a weird little tidbit there. Yeah, I don't quite know. I don't, you know, I don't know what the thought is there. I'd love to do like, I'd love to find out. Is basically mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Anything else you want to talk about with this movie? I think the the final thing I had here mm-hmm. is that, like, yeah, back to similarities similarities between this and the Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. This movie ends up being about. Family. Mm-hmm. Yes. Family. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Which is important. And it's like, again, like you said, a more interesting family, kind of, in terms of one that doesn't, that like butts heads and actually has different ideas and actually has to save each other's ass and actually has tension within the sort of group dynamic of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like an interesting thing to watch. And would be better if the Fast and Furious had maybe a little bit more of that. I got one other thing I need to talk about in terms of between this and Fast and Furious. All right. What are we working with? There is a character in this movie called Mirror Man, played by TJ Cross. He's sort of the young black uh, guy with in Kip's crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Someone, and I forget who, in this movie, calls him Ghetto Smurf. No way. Yes. Yes. Like, exactly. Exactly Um, like the character in Fast Ampersand Furious, I believe, is where mm -hmm. Ghetto Smurf, the term Ghetto Smurf resurfaces. And I was trying to find any link... Between the writers of this movie and uh, Fast Ampersand Furious, the producers, anybody, I could find, I couldn't find anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I I suspect in, when they were writing Fast Ampersand Furious in like two thousand seven or whatever the fuck they wrote it, they just had seen this movie and remembered that line, wow. or or it's like a more common thing than I think, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, wow! Yeah, pretty crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Either a yeah, either a violation of intellectual property, copyright mm-hmm. over here, or potentially used as an insult more often than we think. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, and I don't know if I just like were to Google ghetto Smurf, would it come up with Fast and Furious or would it come up with something else? Mm-hmm. We might need an author in Urban Dictionary um, entry. Oh, I think there is one. Nice. <laughs> okay, from 2003. Uh-huh. All right. A ghetto Smurf is a try-hard homie or thug person who pretty much ranges from 8 to 18 years old. Most commonly short, wears bright mm-hmm. baggy clothes and acts tough. I, that's urban. I wouldn't put it like I don't. I think urban dictionary of is of varying quality in terms uh, of what it is an authority on. So I wouldn't. I would take it with a grain of salt. But that seems to make sense in terms of the contextual clues. But that's an O three entry. I mean, we're watching the year two thousand movie. Fair enough. Maybe urban dictionary had to catch up to the times and mm-hmm. gone in sixty seconds was really on it. anyway um i think this movie's kind of good but i understand but it has a lot of nostalgia for me daryl thinks it's kind of bad but still has a lot of nostalgia for him and um that's basically the verdict tell us what you think i'm skipping shout outs today by the way i gotta get back to work uh Tell us what you think about this movie on Twitter at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T Podcast. Uh, you can do. You can reach out to us on Instagram. No one likes to do a podcast on Instagram. No one likes to do a podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your pods. And patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast. The Riddick 2013 episode is up. On Patreon, if you want to listen to it, throw us a buck. Uh, we're going to launch into our Jason Statham series in a little bit. <laughs> Not a too soon, but in mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, probably in the second half of this year. And uh, yeah, throw us a buck. Literally one dollar. It's all you got to do and you get access to everything, which is mostly just the bonus episodes and the in-betweener polls at this moment. We're working on some other stuff. But it takes time, and we're broke, and, you know, all that good stuff. So It's true. Anything else you got, Daryl? That's it for me. I really like the back-to-back in-betweeners. Mm, but me too. Who would have thought? I think I'm ready for another Fast and Furious movie. How are we doing the next cycle? I don't know. I feel we like should, we should change it up. We should change it up. Let's discuss off-mic. And the listeners will be surprised by what episode is next week. Talk to you soon. Till next time.